Teasel Pop, Season 3, Episode 4. Welcome to TESOL Pop. My name is Laura and joining me today to talk about her experience in teaching and researching global citizenship in language learning is Tassiana de Lira Silva. Tassiana taught French as a second language for nine years from kindergarten to high school in Canada. As a teacher, she was passionate about including global citizenship in her lessons. Although she's not teaching in the classroom anymore because she's gone back to school to pursue her PhD, Tassiana wants to share her passion for global citizenship with language teachers everywhere in order to help build a world where the rights of humans are respected and everyone works to make the world a better place. Thank you so much for your time, Tassiana, and welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, Laura. I think a really good place for us to start then today is to define what global citizenship is and what it means to be a global citizen. Could you start us off by explaining what that means? A global citizen is a person who is loyal to humanity person who cares about their neighbors and looks at them as if they were looking into a mirror. They believe in human rights and they believe human rights are for everyone. And if someone's rights are not respected, a global citizen acts to help that person. There is no personal interest behind the global citizen's actions, but empathy and solidarity. The global citizen may act locally, nationally, and or globally. However, there are many misinterpretations of what it means to be a global citizen. For example, some people think they're global citizens because they travel a lot or because they have factual knowledge of the global reality, but those are not characteristics of a global citizen. Neither is fundraising for charity. A person who gives to charity is a philanthropist. David Henson explains that many people already have a mind that cultivates global citizenship, but they need to learn how to develop the concept for themselves and others. That's really powerful. I really like that imagery you said at the very start, is that it's kind of like looking in a mirror and recognizing not the differences, but yourself in others. That's right, because when we recognize that we are all humans, we can see the other like we see ourselves, right? We don't see skin color, we don't see language barriers, we don't see size, we, we just see a human person in front of us. This is no small feat to create a sense of global citizenship among your learners and in your classes. It's something that requires long-term attitudes and actions that address the problem. I imagine as a teacher, the approach is also similar, is that it's habits that are built up in a classroom over time to cultivate this sense of citizenship. What can teachers do then to cultivate this sense of citizenship in their classes? When planning a lesson, teachers are invited to incorporate three intercultural competence skills in their teaching. These skills are curiosity, also known as savoir-être, knowledge, also known as savoir, and mediation, also known as savoir-faire. Those are skills that foster the building of global citizens. In a nutshell, fueling students' curiosity about the unknown will lead them to seek to learn about what they don't know and prompt them to question their beliefs about their own culture and the culture of others. The critical evaluation of self and other fosters the development of skills that will enable individuals to become cultural mediators and interact according to the different contexts 
locally and globally, instead of nurturing division or mere tolerance. To ignite learners' curiosity, teachers can use, for example, photos, videos, and books to introduce a new learning unit. Afterwards, teachers can use a Venn diagram to begin the evaluation of self and other and prompt students to learn more about the other culture. But teachers need to have some knowledge of the subject before they introduce it to students in order to prompt them with the why and how questions that will foster critical thinking. Through this approach, teachers can also incorporate other subjects in language learning. Let's say a teacher wants students to learn about Ukraine so they can show the country on the map to situate where Ukraine is in relation to where learners are. They can also explore the country's geography through a project while using the learned language skills. I would advise that teacher and students choose together what they want to explore and perhaps compare what they learn to what they know about their own country. It's really interesting how you mentioned that students and teachers can embark on this journey of discovery through questions and research and reflection. You mentioned earlier a Venn diagram of the student thinking about themselves and the others. Could you unpack that a bit more on what that would look like in a class? The Venn diagram are two circles that overlaps and in the middle we have what is in common. So on one side is the me and the middle is the us and on the other side is the you. So that will show that there are similarities. There are things in common. The you is not only a stranger who has nothing in common with me. Teachers can also use a KWL chart at the beginning of the learning unit to find out what students know about the subject, what they want to know, and revisit at the end and find out what they learned about the subject. That's another way of fostering critical thinking and having them revisit what they learned and maybe have uh, new goals to explore that same subject. You've covered like the teacher being prepared and thinking about going beyond just the language, but integrating cultural aspects of the lesson. You've also mentioned fostering curiosity and reflection through the Venn diagram and the KWL examples that you gave. What would be your next tip for teachers? Teachers can go beyond referential meaning to explore connections between the target language and culture and other subjects. For example, when teaching about food vocabulary, they can use questions to explore where the food came from, the weather in that country, the reasons we could have different types of foods, etc. Another example, when teaching celebrations such as Valentine's Day, Mother's Day that is coming up, Easter that is also coming up, in addition to the new vocabulary and perhaps learning to write a card or a letter, which are communicative expectations, Teachers can expand the learning by incorporating other subjects in the teaching and evaluate the students' learning through project-based learning. For Valentine's, Mother's Day, and Easter, teachers can talk about roses, which are a symbol of love in many countries, and use mathematics to calculate their carbon footprint because most roses grow in Africa or South America and are 
flown to other parts of the world. Teachers can also explore environmental education and help students learn about the connection between the production of roses, pesticides, and water pollution in countries like Kenya. Since chocolate is another hot commodity for those celebrations, teachers and students can explore how the chocolate industry is marred by child labor, and also talk about the ways climate change is affecting the growth of the cacao tree. As always, teachers and students need to think of active ways of facing those problems. For example, instead of buying roses, buy local flowers or no flowers. The chocolate options could be to buy fair trade chocolate. These are all ideas that can be brought up in class. We must understand that teacher also needs to think as a global citizen in order to prompt students to explore subjects that promote critical thinking, responsibility, and action toward global issues. That's a really good point that you've raised because I think as a teacher, you're such a role model to your students um, and, and the community of teachers that you work within. And students will be genuinely curious about you know, whatever you're comfortable sharing with them. But I find my students are really curious to know about my dogs, for example, and why I rescue dogs and not buy them. Um, and I think those conversations and emergent language and emergent ideas can come out from you yourself leading by example and sharing with your students. I know you've got another tip that you'd like to share. What's the next one? The next one is also very important, especially if you have a very heterogeneous classroom. Another way of promoting global citizenship is through the inclusion of students' voices in the learning and allowing them to share their stories. When exploring traditions such as religion and national holidays, teachers can invite students and possibly their family to share their view of the subject. This is a way of making learning language more inclusive diverse and equitable, while helping students and teachers question their biases about the known and the unknown, which will lead them to learn from others locally and globally. Do you have any examples from your own experience? I used to teach in a very small community, very homogeneous community, and uh, I wanted my students to learn about people that were born in other countries that were sharing Canada with them because I suspected that they were not really aware of that. So this gentleman, we did like a Skype call. And then it was interesting because the students wrote down their interview questions. So I used what I was teaching in class and the vocabulary, those question words, and I helped them, but they created the questions they wanted to ask using the vocabulary that they were learning. And in the end, they were actually very happy to ask this person questions. And they were like, wow, he has a big family because he said he had six siblings. And, and here in Canada, people don't have a, a lot of siblings, but they were excited to talk to him. They also brought up I, I don't want to call it problems, but they were saying, oh, I had a hard time understanding him. And then we talked about it, I said, but 
did you understand at the end? Yes, I did. So you just had to pay better attention. It's not a person who was born in Canada. Yes, he has an accent, but just imagine that he can communicate with you in French, in English, and he speaks his own mother tongue. So that brings them to another level. It's not like, oh, this person can't speak English. It's like, wow, this person can speak three languages. I think also through exploring that with learners, you help them to also empathize how much work and effort it takes to learn a language and how this person has very much uprooted their lives, living somewhere else, navigating the world in two languages that aren't his mother tongue. And then they can probably start to relate to that person better and really think what the world must be like from their shoes. I know there's a few poignant quotes that you'd like to close this podcast on. Uh, Would you like to share those? Finally, I would like to share one of Dewey's beliefs. In Democracy and Education, he explained that it is important to grow an interest in learning from all life experiences. David Henson, whom I mentioned at the beginning, explains that the willingness to learn from every encounter does not mean that such learning will be easy or always possible, but open doors for negotiation. He also says that teaching for global citizenship does not interfere with the curriculum. So if you're teaching language, you can still teach the language, but incorporate global citizenship, intercultural competence skills into your teaching. And the students will probably learn even better than if you were just teaching the language. Good luck teaching about global citizenship in your language classroom. Thank you so much for your time in sharing those tips. And like you said, with that really encouraging quote, it's something that we all can integrate into our classes. It doesn't interfere with the curriculum or the goals you have. And I think it lends to great conversations to have with your department head or your principal on how you and other teachers can foster global citizenship in your classes and in the school community as a whole. Thank you very much, Laura, for this opportunity. Like I said at the beginning, I really like talking about global citizenship because I think we can build a better world. If you would like to reach out to Tassiana, then I'm going to hyperlink her name to her LinkedIn account on the website. I would like to highlight that you can also use Google or Academia to research the papers that she's published on global citizenship to read more. If you have a question that you'd like us to answer, then you can contact us via Facebook, Instagram or the website tsopop.com. Thank you.